Hi, I'm Joy. And I'm Janelle. And we are your hosts of the Melanin and Miles podcast. We are just two Black girls in our 20s who have traveled to over 25 countries and five continents. And we want to share our travel experiences and advice with you. Like when I went cliff jumping in Jamaica, or when I booked a flight for only $6, and even when I lived with a host family who didn't speak any English in Spain for four months. Or when I went skydiving in D.C., swam with elephants in Thailand, and won over $200 at a casino in Puerto Rico. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and tune in every Tuesday for new episodes. Before we get into the episode, make sure you get your hands on our free Budget Babe travel guide to learn the top 10 ways you can be saving hundreds or even thousands of dollars on your next travel adventure. Get the guide straight to your inbox at melaninandmiles.com slash free. This segment of our podcast is called The Check-In, where we both update you guys on where we've been traveling and life updates in 60 seconds or less before we get into the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to Melanin and Miles. This week we are doing another interview with um, Zara and Tassiana, who are two friends that decided to live abroad together and now co-host the podcast Ex- Exported Chocolates, which is an amazing platform where they share all the tea on their experiences overseas, tips on getting a job abroad, and the travel stories of others that have been abroad. So welcome, Zara and Tassiana. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yes, we're excited. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to know more about both of your backgrounds. Like what made y'all both want to move to Spain? Well, I came first. I studied abroad in Spain. And then the first day that I landed, I knew in my mind that I wanted to live here. And so when I graduated, I came back and I haven't been back to America since. Yeah. And then for me, she was messaging me saying, oh my goodness, Spain is amazing. Spain is where it's at. You should come here. Mm -hmm. And at first I was like, no, I can't leave my home. (laughs) (laughs) And then two years ago, she was like, okay, what's the application for your job? Nice. And well, I guess how long have you actually been there again? I've been here, it's been like three and a half years. I arrived in September of 2017. Wow. I've only been here for a year and a half. Yeah. Okay, still, that's a long time. Like, people stress out about semesters, (laughs) y'all. I've been here for years. Um, And then, like, how long do y'all plan to stay? Do you just never want to go back? Do you want to try another country or... Are you just it depends. Coming? It depends on the day, but I think I do want to try another country. Yeah, I think so too. If we could have the possibility, like live in different countries for like four months mm-hmm. and then go somewhere else, but how everything works, the money, everything, we'll yes. see. <laughs> I get that. Are your jobs virtual? Is that kind of how you're able to do this, or do you physically work in Spain? We physically work in Spain, but, well, I also work teaching Chinese kids through an online English teaching company. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
So that's remote her yeah so okay. part of so i have a physical job and then i have a work from home job. yeah so the application we did you work out of school as a language assistant for english or they have one for french or whatnot mm. and so we are in a physical school gotcha so did y'all have to learn complete spanish before you did this or did they just take you on as an english teacher basically well, thankfully, because I did not know Spanish before coming here, um, they just took you on. You need to know English. That's what they want. They want to hear your accent and whatnot. But Tatiana, she knew Spanish. It helps to know Spanish when you get here because when you need to take care of your paperwork or just ordering food, it's nice to know. Yeah, Spanish. No, that makes sense. That's cool. So I guess for... I think Zara, you were the one that said you didn't know Spanish. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to like memorize your voices. Um, so Zara, how has that process been of learning the language while you're you're in a new country? Well, it's been very interesting. They always say, immerse yourself in the culture, immerse yourself with the language. <laughs> no, that's not how everyone learns. I've realized I need to be in a classroom, I need homework, I need all the shebang. So I don't have that, I'm not taking classes. And I've learned a little bit here and there, I pick up a lot from the little kids, but it's nothing near fluent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I'm the same way with the traditional sense of learning like conjugation and like vocab. I think I need to do that in a classroom setting, but then when it comes to actually practicing it, that's when immersion starts to help. <laughs> yeah, I think I needed the backbone of it first before yeah. I threw myself into immersion. Yeah, <laughs> but that's cool. You're at least getting something out, like you're still learning. Yes, true, true. Either way. So what city are y'all specifically in? Madrid. <laughs> Have you gotten to travel around to other towns? Um, I studied abroad in Salamanca. Um, our co-host Joy studied in Madrid. We've both been to like Barcelona and a bunch of different cities in Spain. So have y'all got to get around at all? This... Right now? No. <laughs> yeah. But that's so cool that you studied abroad in Salamanca because they say there's so many university students there and they always come to Madrid to have yeah. fun. Yeah, it's um, it's basically the um, like Spanish version of a college town, <laughs> <laughs> and a, a lot of like international students or study abroad students go there too. So it was, it didn't necessarily feel like I was living in Spain a lot of the time because there were mm -hmm. so many different people there. <laughs> but I feel I guess Spanish was the common language between most people in my classes because some people were like French, some people were from. Asia like it was from all over the place oh wow, that's exciting <laughs> so, so did you speak Spanish I was learning Spanish and honestly I got pretty good but I haven't practiced since I left the country like I haven't used uh, any of my Spanish since then so <laughs> I don't know what it sounds like right now but when I was like before this summer had started um my Spanish is probably like moderate like like Spanish one and two, maybe Spanish three. <laughs> like those are all, all the classes I took. And then by the end of the summer though, cause I was living with a host family. I had a host sister, my host mom, 
my professors like would only allow us to speak in Spanish. So oh, I was wow. using it pretty frequently. And I think I got pretty good. I would say like more advanced <laughs> before, like not necessarily in intermediate, but more advanced Spanish. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and I could get by. And there were a lot of, there's also like a lot of the locals that live there they try to just get everyone to speak Spanish to them rather than, cause they know it's a lot of university students just like trying to learn Spanish, but mm -hmm. it's also hard when you're with other university students that speak English or <laughs> yeah. just wanna, um, just kind of wanna have fun and not necessarily like try to keep learning. So <laughs> a lot of the older people there or locals there would kind of like only respond to you if you were speaking in Spanish. So that, Kind of forced me to practice as well. I kind of like that. Over here in Madrid, sometimes I'll walk in somewhere and they hear my accent is horrendous and they'll stop. <laughs> they'll just start talking to me in English and I'm like, oh. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, no, I get that too. It's <laughs> it happens. Or sometimes uh, I think some people think I'm like French or African and so they'll speak to me yeah. in French, but then I'm even more lost if someone does that. And I, I'm like, I make sure my accent is in full force so they know I'm just American. You're like, no. Yeah. I don't speak French. <laughs> when was the last time you've been to Spain? Last time? It was probably that summer in 2017. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think because I've been throughout... Europe a few times since then, but Spain specifically wasn't that summer. And I was supposed to go to back to Spain last year, but COVID. Yeah. Um, yeah, canceled those plans. Canceled all our plans. Yeah, I would have been in Mallorca for I think. A Ooh, yeah, Mallorca. I know. <laughs> Mallorca. I need to. We need to go to Mallorca. Mm -hmm. We do. It's have so you been nice. to the Islands? Which islands? The Canary Islands? I've been, I want to say, so I'm going to say no, but I did go to some islands. I just don't remember what the name was. Mm. So, <laughs> so it could be a yes, but I'm just going to say no. But I did go to some islands and I remember it was really nice because it was like a bunch of hikes we could take and like the beaches were so beautiful. And I was there during the summer, so it was hot and everyone was, it was nice. It was nice. Um, so back to my questions on y'all. So when you moved to Spain originally, did you experience any crazy culture shock? Like what surprised you the most? Oh, I think, well, something that I can think of at the top of my head is stores and restaurants being closed midday. I was going to say that too. Siestas. Yeah. That is real. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you mean I can't order something to eat at five o'clock in the afternoon? <laughs> It like really it's still lunchtime yeah it is or the banks closing at two o'clock like banks close early everywhere but at two is just that doesn't even make sense <laughs> like when do you have the time to get to the bank between eight and <laughs> two p.m you don't you have to take the day off of work yeah exactly but yeah. no siesta is real and i think another thing that i had 
culture shock with was dinner time being so late, especially staying with the host family. Um, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was basically. So we would have a huge lunch during siesta and then dinner wouldn't be till like 10 p.m. And I'm like expecting that's the time like we're going out with friends, but no, yeah. that's <laughs> like dinner would be from like 10 to midnight basically with everyone talking, like everybody getting to the table. And it wouldn't even be like that big of a meal. It was just like a sandwich basically. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah like lunch was the big meal that like lunch was dinner basically and then dinner was lunch and yeah I just remember being so frustrated and then wanting to go out for food afterwards but restaurants are closed because it's like yep. nightlife at that point yeah yep all you could get is a kebab <laughs> right exactly uh that was that was a mess anyway back to y'all so siesta I definitely agree that's a crazy <laughs> that's yeah. a crazy experience and um how do you feel like life in Spain I guess I want to talk pre-COVID because post-COVID is completely different but how do you feel like life in Spain is different to life in the U.S. um it's definitely more relaxed yeah I would mm -hmm. say slower people slower. are slower people here work to live they don't live to work like how we do back home, yeah. like grind, grind, grind. If you're not, if you're not exhausted, if you had too much sleep, if you got eight hours of sleep back home, people are looking at you like, oh, you're not working hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> Over here, they're like, you need to be sleeping more. What, what's happening? Yeah, you need to sleep in the middle of the day. We're gonna have work be from eight to two, and then you go home and you sleep for three hours, <laughs> chill for a little bit, come back, work five to eight. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's. I loved that aspect of life in Spain, to be honest. Coming back here, I was so stressed. Oh, yeah. America is big. You know what? But what I do like about America, maybe because I grew up there, is the the niceties. Yes. <laughs> like, excuse me. Please. The thank yous. The thank you. <laughs> it is not there. No. How are you? Oh, my goodness. I feel weird asking people, oh, so how are you? You know when you're checking out, you're getting something at the store and like, yeah. oh, how are you? It's like, they don't do that here. Yeah. Why, why are you asking me how I'm doing? <laughs> I don't know you. <laughs> the Uber driver's like, how are you? Why are you asking me that? <laughs> why do you need to know how I'm doing? That's <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah. You're not about that. I had to get used to that. I was like, are you, are you just rude? <laughs> That's funny. And then where are y'all from in the U.S.? Because I feel like certain regions don't always have the niceties, but if you're from like the South or something. Uh, <laughs> or we're from Florida. Mm -hmm. oh, okay, so y'all have the Southern hospitality charm already. <laughs> y'all are really used to that. So yeah, they probably did seem horrible. <laughs> yep. We're like, where are your manners? <laughs> All right, so... Now I want to switch the conversation into more about your podcast. Um, you both started Exported Chocolates. I'm not sure. When did it actually start? We started in January. January. Yeah. yeah. Of this year? Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Brand. Our Instagram. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you're good. Our Instagram is Exported Chocolates, but the podcast is Exported Chocolate. Ah, okay. I'll yeah. link it. So I'm gonna link the podcast and their Instagram in the show notes so y'all can easily find it. Um, and I'll 
make sure I spell it right. <laughs> we believe in you. But let's talk a bit about the podcast. So what made you actually start it? Well, we always wanted to start it, but we were just taking a very long time. We always have stories. We're always telling our friends the stories we get into. And we were like, we should, you know, let everyone in on this, you know? And we were just like, uh, maybe, uh, and then COVID happened and we were like, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> let's do it. We've been saying it, so let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That's basically how this podcast also started. So <laughs> it was just like one day a thought and the next day it was an action. <laughs> Truly. Um, so I guess how often do your episodes come out? We come out every other week. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So be sure to check out um their next episode this monday or next monday yeah. Yeah, this monday is. okay yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well by the time this episode comes out i think their their episode would have already came out but it's okay you can just can go, back. go back yeah y'all can still go back um so where do you actually find your interviewees or do you do more of your own personal stories um, we do more of our own personal stories, but we do have interviews with mostly people we've met here while abroad. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. I was always wondering, cause you know, I'm always like a lot of our episodes are interviews. So I'm always trying to find new ways to find people. <laughs> um, what advice would you give to those looking to start a podcast brand new, especially during like a pandemic and everything? I think you should definitely just get into it whatever you talk about with your friends, if you find yourself having a deep conversation, I mean, we all have deep conversations with our friends and more than likely other people are going to want to hear it. We're not alone in this world. There's always going to be another person who has a similar taste, a similar idea, a similar voice, and they would love to be a part of it and hear you too. Yep. So just take, you know, action, do it. Just do it. <laughs> Nike. Nike. <laughs> British people say Nike. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. <laughs> nice. That was really good advice. And I think um, we can kind of start to close out the podcast with a few more quick travel tips, um, especially for traveling to Spain. So what would you say your most useful travel tip is in Spain for someone that probably has never been, doesn't know what to do? What what's the biggest piece of advice you would give them Mm. me the first thing i'm thinking is watch yourself (laughs) put your backpack in the front that is true it will get stolen (laughs) right across body bags something like that yes hold on to it because somebody might even try to cut your cross body bag and just run away with it yeah i would say be careful be vigilant be vigilant it's a great country it's a very safe country but try not to dress how you would normally dress back home, especially if you come in the winter, people dress to the nines. So if you come with your... Basically, she says, don't look like an American. Right. <laughs> don't, don't come with your athletic wear to go out to eat or just even just go to a museum or anything. Make sure you dress 
pretty well. To put it on a positive note, I would say the public transportation here is great. Yes, it like, is. In the major cities like Madrid, Barcelona. Yeah, yeah the public transportation is great. And even like if you're trying, if you're starting in Madrid and you take the train to go to another, to go to Cuenca, to go to Salamanca, it's easy. It's yeah. great. So I would say look into public transportation. Yeah, no, both those pieces of advice sound pretty important. Things definitely do get stolen. And I don't think that's just a Spain thing. I think that that's like through a major city in Europe thing. My, um, <laughs> I forget when exactly this trip was, but I was kind of in a travel group and a girl had like gotten her passport, her whole bag stolen oh, when we were no. out. It was a mess. And we were supposed to be going to like another country maybe a few days after that. But because oh, she didn't have her passport, like she couldn't like, doing thing yeah it, it was a mess we were at the embassy it was a lot so do make sure you hold hold on to your things because that is probably the worst thing that could happen to you <laughs> it really is truly um and then we're going to close out with my final question for tips travel tips and it's why do you think black women should travel and both of y'all can answer <laughs> mm, that's a good one I think Black women should travel because it's not seen as much and we need to explore more and show people that there is other things out there for us. Yes. Also, I think the perception, kind of like what you're saying, um, well, what I think you're saying, Black women are just perceived in a certain way and their perception of us in other countries is from what they see in the media and what they see in the media is not always positive. Mm -hmm. So us interacting with people, being friendly, like we're always, we're in another country, so more than likely you're friendly. <laughs> Just sharing a smile, talking about um, your experiences, trying to get involved in their culture, people love that. Mm -hmm. So I think that is a good reason why we should, Black women should travel. Oh, very true. Yeah, I definitely agree with both of those. It's really important for other people to kind of see us and especially like Black Americans. I feel like we're yeah. always yeah. portrayed in the worst light. <laughs> but um, there's more to us than just what you see on TV and social media. <laughs> so yes. that was really nice. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but I just want to thank the both of y'all for doing this interview. Once again, I will link their podcast and their Instagram in the show notes. So y'all should definitely check them out and kind of follow and see what they're doing in Spain and potentially in the future. All right. Well, I guess I'll just close out then. <laughs> thank you so much. We really appreciate it. You were so yes. nice. And the questions were amazing. Yeah, I really like them.